the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Steve Williams for AM860, The Answer. And I'm on. This is Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. Welcome to the show. We're coming at you live on 860 AM WGUL. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we're also, I hope, streaming live on YouTube and Facebook. And I think on my Wix channel, uh, my Wix website, drbillradiomd.com. And you can pick us up on the Internet. You can pick us up on uh, uh, iHeart and I think a whole other bunch of media that uh, we are connected to with the Salem Broadcasting Association company. So we're doing good. And uh, I got Ken with me again live this morning. Brought him back from house moving. <laughs> yeah, a lot of packing going on at my house these days. Yeah, Packing and going, baby. Packing and going. <laughs> it's exhausting moving. It really is. So It is. It's a big major life event. It's going to be my last move, though, I think. Going down to Sun City. Going to spend the rest of my life there. Sun City, by the way, folks, if you don't know, is it's kind of like you, your your parents retire to the east coast of Florida, and their parents retire to Sun City. That's so, right. <laughs> so it's, it's God's waiting room. Very quiet. Everybody's in bed by nine. So everybody. <laughs> I think that's that's an HOA rule. I think down there, in bed by nine. I think it is. <laughs> Lights out. That's know? right. Yeah. So. Uh, I had a, a friend who was a nurse, and her parents were deaf when she was growing up. And speaking of lights out, and I said, I, I guess it was pretty easy to sneak out. And she said, you can make all the noise you want, but if you turned on, if you struck a match at the other end of the house, they were awake. Oh, really? No kidding. She said they were extremely sensitive to light. So they, they you know, they're, I guess they compensated for their deafness sure. by... Uh, developing other uh, sensory organs and inputs. And I said, what they do when they fought? He said, my father would stand and turn in a circle, and my mother would run around trying to, you know, shout at him with her hands, and he would keep looking away from her. <laughs> <laughs> I said, that must have been interesting. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I know. You know it's uh, not bad. <laughs> hey, you adjust. You work it out, so. <laughs> but at least he did, he didn't run away. At least yeah. he stood there and took it or turned around like a man. I don't know. <laughs> any rate, so we got the virus going on still, and uh, we'll talk about what's going on with that uh, in the show. I'm also going to touch on what's happening in Korea with the virus and the, the north and south. The Florida bill, did you hear about the Florida bill uh, that's going to prohibit or going to find uh, social media if they try to prohibit a politician who's running for office or in office uh, without without cause from posting on their website. And then 
Biden's new industrial policy. We'll see how that works out. That I don't know anything about. I haven't heard anything about that yet. Well, I'll explain that to you later in the show. I don't want to give away everything all at once, but let's go ahead and take a look at what's going on with the virus. Now, the the clotting problem, as you know, uh, is really not that big. And there's a report now, I believe out of Norway, they they had, I don't know, 150,000 or so people that were immunized, healthcare workers between the ages of 32 and 54, and uh, 130,000. And I think they had five people develop a a rare blood clotting disorder where their platelets, which are the little microscopic uh, pieces of cell that start the clotting mechanism, uh, were, were attacked by our own antibodies. And apparently these people had an unusual, uh, rare uh, phenomena where they have an antibody to heparin. Heparin's a blood thinner. It's one that we've been using for decades. And some people, a small number of people will develop uh, uh, an antibody to their platelets because of the stimulation of heparin. They all interact. It's, It's a pretty complex thing. But to make a long story short, they had five of these healthcare workers, 130,000, it's a very small number, developed this rare clotting disorder, and four of them had real serious problems, had bleeding in their brain and a few other things. So I don't know that this is any more or less than any other vaccination because we really haven't studied the, uh, you know, the influenza vaccines the way we've studied this vaccine. I mean, this is has garnered so much interest because it is a new technology with the messenger RNA being delivered right into the uh, specialized white blood cells, the dendritic cells, and then that makes the manufacturers the tail protein, or the spike protein rather, which is then presented to more immune cells and they carry it down the line and make antibodies to the virus. So this is an unusual phenomenon and we're looking at it uh, with, with a much more jaundiced eye than than in, in past vaccines that have been rolled out because it's such new technology, Ken. I mean, this is something that we have not seen. Uh, so this is, uh, this is fascinating, and I think we're going to learn a lot. We already have learned a lot from this, and we're going to continue to learn a lot. And I think that this new technology is the wave of the future. But there are still so many people that just don't want to take it, and I don't understand. And, you know, some of the things I hear coming out of nurses' mouths, it just, it, it's, it's uh, just uh, wives' tales. It's hocus-pocus. It, it makes no sense. But uh, I don't know how you convince people otherwise. Now, we did get our, our sales gal. We got her to go get her first dose last week. Oh, so, that's uh, good. All right. Yeah, she, yeah. Uh, she, her sister came down with it, and we got her the, um, the IV antibody, monoclonal antibody therapy at the hospital, her and her husband, last week. In fact, she just called me this morning with another complaint. She's not going to pay my bill. So I, so I, I, I said, well, <laughs> I'm sorry, but I think you're not going to make it. <laughs> I know you didn't. No, she had a legitimate complaint, and I had a legitimate answer, and then I said, don't bother me between 9 and 10 a.m. I'm on the air. There you go. Priorities. Yeah. Priorities, baby. And <laughs> if you die, drop me a postcard. <laughs> All my patients get a postcard that's uh, attached to their chest, and it says, please mail an event of death so that I know that you're gone. 
It's the new toe tag. It's the, the 20... new toe tag. That's right. Hey, I know, I know the one on um, the uh, blood clot thing. That's just Johnson & Johnson, right? That's still just Johnson & Johnson? There's other vaccines now involved in that. Uh, this, I think, was the ones that received the AstraZeneca. Oh, okay. Might have been the, the Pfizer. But, you know, they all had the potential to to uh, stimulate the immune system in, in different ways. But that's what vaccines do. They mm-hmm. stimulate our immune system to make antibodies to whatever that uh, foreign agent is that's in our body that's trying to attack us. So it's our self-defense mechanism. And, of course, as I explained before, sometimes there's a nuclear reaction initially. Uh, you know, you have this outflow of all these inflammatory uh, substances and interleukins and uh, uh, anti-tumor necrosis tumor necrosis factor and uh, cytokines and all these things. And so it's the body's way of saying, hey, we're under attack and we don't know where it's coming from. But until then, everybody's on alert and we're spraying the whole darn body with all this stuff just in case we miss something. And uh, then as the antibodies are, are manufactured over a period of days to weeks, then all that calms down. That's why when you get the the vaccine, uh, at least most people do, they get a reaction, especially if you get the the RNA because you have the second dose, which is a booster dose. And that booster dose makes an even more intense immunologic response in our bodies. And so we have more inflammatory substances. Our arm gets sore, get a headache, get a little fever, achy, tired. Some people got a little diarrhea. You know, everybody gets a little different reaction, but mostly it's just a uh, Fever, low-grade fever, and body aches. Do you think? Do you think it's the side effects that are keeping people away from it at all? They, I think I think that's part of it, and I think that uh, still a lot of people have a misunderstanding of how the mRNA vaccine, the messenger RNA vaccine, works. They think that they're going to have uh, new foreign genetic material spliced into their into their cell nuclei, and that's just not the case. It's it doesn't go into the nucleus. The nucleus is where your genetic uh, information is stored. That's your DNA. And the RNA is what comes out of the nucleus and goes out into the cytoplasm, the, the main body of the cell. And it encodes for different proteins and hormones and uh, uh, antibodies that need to be made by that cell, whatever that cell's duties and responsibilities are. If it's a muscle cell, it's going to make muscle-related proteins. And uh, but the the RNA can't go back into the nucleus. It can't get in. It's a one way valve. And same with the exogenous, that is the vaccines that we put in you from outside of your body that have RNA in them uh, that can't get into your cell nucleus. It can't alter your 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 genetic uh, makeup. It just can't do it. You know, the the, the thing I, t- I did this with you before. Can you remember you put your hands together? Yes. And if, if you pull your hands apart and lay them side by side, that's kind of what DNA does. It opens up like that. And then RNA comes in and makes a mirror template. Well, if you turn your hand back over and put one hand on top of the other, as you can see, they don't match up because their mirror images that's right. won't work. And you can't even – and the RNA can't open up the DNA strand. Even if, it, even if you had RNA sitting on top of the DNA, it would be on the outside. Because you got to unzip the DNA to get it to do anything, so it's it's just not it's just not uh, uh, biochemically uh, possible to affect what people think will happen to them if they take the messenger RNA vaccine. 
And one of my friends said, well, I'm waiting to see how it affects other people. I said, we've given 100 million doses around. <laughs> how much do you need? That's right. Yeah. There weren't even that many people alive when I was born, for God's sakes. <laughs> no, I, I think there were about 150 million people in America when I was born. And now we're, what, 330? Yeah, exactly. From according to the last census. Plus, whoever snuck in overnight. Well, yeah. The um, corporate world, though, is getting involved. I'm glad to see that. For instance, if you get, if you can prove you've been vaccinated, Krispy Kreme, I guess, will give you a free donut in places like that. So, Well, <laughs> that's just what we need. You know, more. if I'd have known, I would have waited a little while. So, <laughs> Well, I can, I can <laughs> doctor up a, a vaccination certificate for you. <laughs> Anybody who wants a free donut let me know and just call the office and we'll make up some little certificates that you recently re- recently received your vaccine there so, you go yeah so go all right so now you're you're all hot on this industrial policy and what the definition yeah of what, that. what's going on there i haven't heard anything about this yet okay it's when the government intervenes in a specific sector and i'm quoting from uh, the internet which is a uh, sector of, of industry which is designed to boost the growth prospects of this sector and to promote development uh, of the wider economy. So, uh, you know, I've I've often said that uh, fascism is a one-party state with a strong man at the top, and it allows free enterprise, but only the free enterprise that it wants. So basically, this is what this is. You got a one-party system if you consider the Democrats uh, a one-party system. And uh, you've got uh, an economy and an industrial sector that is being heavily manipulated or, or will be when all these bills pass by that uh, government. And, uh, you know, that's that's the way it is. And the government censors those that they don't like. And, of course, then instead of doing it themselves, they've, they've uh, farmed this out to social media and the press. So they are now... <clears throat> acting as the censors for our fascist uh, government. And I always laughed when my sisters and my son would say, you're just a fascist because you like Trump. And I'd say, <laughs> what fascism is? And it's liking Trump. That's what fascism is. It's liking Trump. And I said, you know, that's not what it is. Not even close, Bill. <laughs> but you're going to find out, if, if the Democrats get in, you're going to find out exactly what it is. So they've got both houses and they've got the White House. And so... They have a free hand to do what they want. <clears throat> we'll see if they can get it together. We might have a few Democratic senators revolt uh, and slow things down. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. But it's interesting. And the economists have uh, been thinking that the United States has, has been uh, rightly focusing on free enterprise and uh, stimulation through Um, money and finance and growth and selling our money. Our money is probably the most valuable thing that we have because we have um, the ability to sell our money and fill our treasury with, with, with credit so that we can print more money for us. Uh, But at some point you got to pay all that back and our money is valuable because it's still the most secure, stable currency in the world partly because of our size, partly because Alexander Hamilton taught us early on that you got to pay your debts. And uh, even though the Democratic Republicans were all screaming about not wanting to pay off the Continental 
debts, you know, the continental dollars that the soldiers were paid in, kind of like um, IOUs or T-bills or savings bonds. Uh, they didn't want to pay them off because they called the, uh, the speculators back then jobbers, J-O-B-B-E-R-S, because they would go around and buy up all of these continental dollars from the soldiers at 10 cents on the dollar. You know, <clears throat> guy needed money, right? Yeah, sure. What are you going to do? And they said, well, that's just not right that these guys should now make a profit off of this. They paid 10 cents, and now they're going to get 90 cents more on top of the 10 cents. <clears throat> Hamilton said, you know, that's free enterprise, guys. If you don't if you don't pay your bills, if you don't do this, then we're not going to have any credit around the world. We're going to, not going to have any trust or faith of other uh, countries and their economies. And so um, <clears throat> the uh, Federalists were in power then, and, and they actually got it through, and the, and the and some people made big money off of the continental uh, debt from the Revolutionary War. But uh, you have to pay your debts, and you have to be able to back it up. You have to say, we're going to pay you in five years, and we're going to give you 5% more of that million dollars you lent us. And you have to do it. And that means you got to get out and go to work and produce. And, of course, we produce, and then our taxes uh, – pay off those debts, and we keep going. So credit is the backbone of any nation, and we have to have that. But what has happened is <clears throat> foreign governments have been intervening in their economies, like the Chinese have, and, and uh, actually being partners in, in all of their big companies and pumping money into those companies. And although they are quote, quote, free enterprises, they certainly have strings attached. And if you think there aren't going to be strings attached to the money coming out of the uh, the, the uh, Washington, D.C. gang, uh, you better think again. There is always a string attached. You know, mom and dad just don't give you something without expecting something in return. Always check the fine print, Doc. That's right. Check the fine print. And, you know, uh, I, I can't tell you how many parents and grandparents I've heard say the only way they can get their kids and grandkids to come over is to give them some money. And keep them. <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> well, but, you know, it keeps them, you know, keeps them kind of hooked. Well, you yeah, know, it's, sure. It's like sugar yeah. when you're a baby, candy when you're a baby, and then when you're an adult, if you're not on heroin, then we'll get you hooked on money. So that that's uh, one way to do it. And so the European Union, the economy's there, and, of course, the uh, the tigers over in Asia, uh, Korea and uh, all the other little countries, Japan, that are that have done so well in this economic environment, they have actually uh, steered their money from their central government into specific sectors that they thought would would be the way to go. Now that's that's just the way it is, Ken. I mean, uh, you can't control governments completely. Uh, even if it's a quote quote democracy, because at least for four years you're going to have somebody in the White House that has one idea when you have another, and so we will have to see how this works out. But the problem with this is not so much the effect on the economy; it's that we are allowing a central government to exert an, an immense amount of control over us and over our lives, over the way we do business, over the things that we manufacture, and uh, the the things that we value. Our value systems are changed by this. Um, uh, our beliefs can be changed by this. And we have to be very careful because the whole purpose of setting up this government of ours 
was to not have that, not have a strong central government that was telling us what to do all the time, which is how the colonials saw uh, King George in Parliament. And that's why we we left home, you know. Yeah, said, absolutely. You know, we said, look, we'll we'll be happy to stay uh, if we have a voice. And they said, well, no, you're too young. Yeah, <laughs> but you still have to you still have to pay rent in the household. Yeah. Um, you know, they revolted over a one percent tax. Why aren't we revolting? I don't know. (laughs) That's a good point, Doc. I just don't get it. There's certainly precedent for it, so let's go. Yeah, let's do it. So at any rate, uh, Biden's going to put $600 million in his package. I mean, it's not through Congress yet. So this is all uh, semi-hypothetical. Roads and bridges, electric vehicles, charging stations, railways, and other transportation infrastructure. Um, okay. I mean, he's not going to pay your your electric charging for your electric car. He's just going to subsidize whatever industry comes up with, uh, you know, the best little charging stations to put all over the place. And then they're probably going to want their money back, as the government does. So it'll be it'll be a stimulus, but I don't think it's going to be a complete giveaway. He's going to put one trillion to spend on a range of social infrastructure and service projects, including uh, health care and low cost housing, schools, clinics, um, personal health care. Um, I think you're going to be able to get uh, get somebody to come in and and babysit grandma while you're out getting drunk or whatever. <laughs> So that, that'll be a great thing, you know. <clears throat> so we'll, but some of the problem with these democratic programs is that they basically further uh, uh, disassemble the nuclear family. So all of a sudden, all the responsibilities that went along with being uh, a family person, taking care of your parents and your children, uh, is going to uh, be given over to the state indirectly, if you know what I mean, Ken. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of sad, really. Yeah, I mean, look, we do need home health care because obviously it's too complex now uh, for a family member to care for some of the needs of someone who is elderly or who is infirmed and sick. But you still should be there to take care of your family, in my opinion. That's just my... Uh... Well, that's the way it's always been until what, last 50, 60 years? I mean, mom, grandma, grandpa, we're always living with the family. Yeah. Usually, I mean, not always, but in many, many cases. I know my grandfather lived with us as soon as my grandmother passed away in like 1963, and he was with us right up until his death in the, uh, in the 1970s, 80s, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm guilty that I was not there to take care of my parents in their late years. But my older sister took it over, and we, we didn't want to fight with her, Ken. She is mean. <laughs> okay. She wanted to make all the decisions, and <clears throat> we said, okay, you do it, Jackie. And so she did, and uh, we didn't always agree with her. And she'd say, well, if you want to do it, you come do it, which means if you come up here, I'm going to beat the what you? <laughs> you just stay down there in Florida and shut up and behave. But somebody so, did. I mean, somebody took the parents in and took care of them. So, it, you know, I don't. We think need more we'll, of that, though, in this country. I think. And I, I think that people. Um, I don't think that they've lost their concern for their family. I just think that the society has shifted, and that there's, it's it's a lot more uh, 
complex time, I would think, in some ways. Although human nature is still the same. Yeah, but, it's uh, almost like they're expendable, though. I mean, you just put them over yeah. here and forget about them for a while. We'll go see them once a month or whatever, you know. It's and it's all, a little sad. I just find it a little see sad. See them that often? <laughs> that often? <laughs> is that, okay. Once right. a month, too much, huh? <laughs> yep. <clears throat> and so we're, Biden's also got $300 billion to spend on measures to support domestic manufacturing, including $50 billion for the semiconductor industry and $180 billion to be spent on R&D and worker training. Um, <clears throat> we can't get people to come to work, so what are you going to train them to do? I'm, I don't, I'm not quite sure how that's going to work out. I thought we already had worker training programs. I think we have many, 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 many of them, yes. There's some redundancy here, I do believe. Yeah. And, you know, redundancy is good uh, if you're planning a deep space mission or you're going on a deep sea diving, scuba diving, you need, you know, you need extra tanks, you need extra equipment, and because if something fails when you're 300 feet down, you uh, certainly don't want to have to try and make it back to the surface. Yeah, when you're halfway to Mars and something goes wrong, you'd like to be able to take care of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, you'd put a spare tire in the back of the spaceship and, uh, you know, a changing <laughs> jack and it's a few things so you can... I mean, really, that it's the same thing as a car. You got to have extra parts. Uh, of course, we don't carry. In the old days, they carried a lot of parts with them. They carried extra tires and extra this and extra that. Now we've got service stations everywhere, and so most things you can take care of by just pulling into a service station before everything blows up. But a tire, you still need that. Uh, some people carry around an extra tank of uh, or a can of gasoline in case they run out. Now the space station has a they they, they shipped them up a um, printer one of those three D printers. There you go. And they now make their own parts when something goes wrong. There you go. Yeah, that's so. cool. I'm I'm wondering. Uh, it must be a very highly compressed uh, substrate that they use because in a in a zero gravity atmosphere, if you just had some carbon dust, I would think it'd fly all over the place. Maybe they have a centrifuge they put it in and spin it around and to. Uh, to simulate some gravity while they're doing it, but that, that'd be fascinating to see. I'd like to see a video of that. Yeah, that's, uh, I think they've used it for a couple of parts, so nice to have. That is too cool. Yeah, I'd love to get one of those 3D printers, but you know, the things I want to make, I'd probably need one that's about a block long. <laughs> what do you want to make there, Doc? Well, I'm thinking, you know, some M88s and, uh, you know, maybe a little tank, a little, just a small one. Just a small one. <laughs> just, you know, just a little two Just man. a little F-16 fighter. That's all I want. Yeah, just a little fighter. Just, a, you know, a little one-man fighter jet. <clears throat> well, while we contemplate that, why don't we get a cup of coffee? What do you think? Let's do it. And you know what? I'm going to have my 3D printer print me up a cup right now. I'm Dr. Bill. You're right on me, and I'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. SpaceX has delivered four astronauts back to Earth. They make the first crew splashdown after the sun set since the Apollo 8 moonshot. The Dragon capsule parachuted into the Gulf of Mexico near the Florida Panhandle early this morning, six and a half hours after leaving the International Space Station. The astronauts, three Americans and one Japanese, spent nearly six months in orbit. 
Authorities in Wisconsin report a gunman killed two people at a casino and restaurant in Green Bay and seriously wounded a third before he was shot and killed by the police. Authorities say they believe the gunman was going after a specific person, but the person wasn't at the club, so he began shooting randomly. And Turkish police say they've caught a close ally of the ISIS group leader Abu al-Baghdadi in Istanbul. This is SRN News. Impact more Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser, doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket cost a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi, 727-577-2220, 727-577-2220. Experience true luxury at Tampa's premier cigar location, Davidoff Tampa Cigar Bar and Lounge. The entire Davidoff Tampa building is a giant humidor, over 5,000 square feet of cigar smoking pleasure. Davidoff Tampa is also this year's Tampa host of the Great American Cigar Tour with Dennis Prager and proudly features Davidoff Cigars, the quintessential luxury cigar brand sold the world over, as well as dozens of other premium brands. Check it out for yourself, 4142 West Boy Scout Boulevard in Tampa, or visit online at DavidoffTampa.com. I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO of Wesley Financial Group and timeshare cancellation advocate. I was sued by the largest timeshare company in federal court for simply helping people cancel their timeshare that they had been lied to about. The jury sized me up and came back with a verdict after only 20 minutes. And yes, I won. My husband and I are more than grateful to everyone at Wesley Financial Group. You know, thanks to Chuck and his team, we feel as though a weight has been lifted and we can move on without the worry of a troublesome timeshare. Whether you owe ten dollars to $250,000 on your timeshare, it's my mission to get you out of your timeshare, eliminate your payments, and get them off your back permanently. And we proudly hold an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Want to learn more about getting rid of your troublesome timeshare? Call Wesley Financial Group now for your free consultation. Call 800-881-4242. That's 800-881-4242. 
800-881-4242. AM860, The Answer. Online at theanswertampa.com. Odyssey. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. Partial sun and warm afternoon. Our high today pushing 88. It'll be clear tonight, low 75. Sunny and warm tomorrow, the high 90. And then partly cloudy for tomorrow night, low 76. Sunny, warm day on Tuesday, the high at 91. Partly sunny, humid Wednesday, a couple of showers, and the high near 90. Plan with confidence this spring. Download the AccuWeather app today. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Steve Williams for AM860, The Answer. And I'm back. This is Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. We had a little bit of Fleetwood Mac there, and, and we're back in action. Don't stop thinking about tomorrow. Got to make a, a go of it, guys. We've got to be brave and strong and hopeful. So, hey, we got some good news coming out of the Florida legislature. Uh, as I said earlier, the Florida legislature passed a bill preventing social media companies from banning politicians just because they don't like their views. So that's uh, that's going to be a big deal. And apparently the fine's going to be $250,000 a day for statewide politicians and 25000 for other elected officials. And so uh, that doesn't mean that they cannot be banned for uh, violating their, their uh, you know, Facebook or YouTube policies, uh, name calling or threatening or, you know, uh, promoting violence or whatever. And so the big debate now is, uh, well, it's not a debate because it's passed. It's going to the governor's desk, Ken. But uh, one of the Democratic congressmen in our in our uh, state house said, "Stop inciting insurrection against our republic." We're hearing this bill because Twitter finally deplatformed former President Trump after five people were killed in an insurrection he incited at the U.S. Capitol. This is Democratic Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith according to The Hill. And so, wait a minute. <laughs> I thought he got exonerated of that, Ken. I believe there was something uh, a few months ago, yes. Yeah, I, 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 again, I never heard him incite any riot. I didn't. So let's, let's walk up to the Capitol and give our Republican senators confidence. Um, that's a riot. Oh, well. No, and, well. An insurrection? I thought an insurrection you had to have uh, guns and stuff. If you're is having that, a proper insurrection, that's the way you do it, Doc, yeah. So this is an improper one. It's one improper, of, I guess, yeah. Yeah, one of our, uh, one of our listeners who's, uh, who's on the wrong side of the political spectrum, but he's still a friend, he said, well, they had a flagpole. And I looked at that flagpole. It had like a round thing on the head. I guess, I guess that's a weapon if you poke somebody in the eye with it. But I don't see anybody, uh, you know, threatening anybody physically. Did you? I didn't see that. If there, no, I saw happen. some folks um, wandering around the Capitol. Yeah, and um, some dumb. actually looked like they were having a good time. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, look you at know, us. I, I would have grabbed an ashtray and run. Well, I don't know if I would have taken an ashtray, but uh, you know, if I would, saw some pens laying on the desk, I might have grabbed one. Yeah, yeah, grab a pen. But here's the thing: those statues in the in the uh, in the hallway there. You yeah. know, when you walk through. You can't carry those things out by yourself. So you, you got to get something small, Ken. If you're going to get something, get something, you know, an ashtray or something that'll fit in your pocket, like a pen. That's a good idea. Yeah. So at any rate, so that then uh, 
Representative John Schneider, Republican side of the aisle, he said, the bill is not about President Trump. This bill is about 22 million Floridians and their First Amendment rights. Well, that makes sense to me. Now, Net Choice president said the First Amendment makes it clear that government may not regulate the speech of private individuals or businesses. And this includes government actions that compel speech by forcing a private social media platform to carry content that is against its policies or preferences. So he's saying that we don't have a right to tell social media they can't do what they want. And uh, so Snyder then said what this bill is about is sending a loud message to Silicon Valley that they are not the arbiters, the absolute arbiters of truth. Well, and, you know, the argument here, Ken, is that is social media, is this a private enterprise or is this a public platform? And we're going to have to have that resolved, and we're going to need some court cases, Supreme Court cases, to figure this out. They have a lot of power, and we have had uh, companies that have had tremendous power, you know, Standard Oil at the turn of the last century, and that's what stimulated the uh, the antitrust bills uh, back in that day. AT and T is another one of those. AT and T was in our lifetime. You and I remember that. Yeah, and. Uh, whether it's for good or ill, it's just the, the the nature of the way we do business is that we don't want any one entity to get too large and take over too much of a specific uh, uh, sector of the economy. Or, of course, the government will take it over in one way or another. <laughs> but no, you know, nobody should have a monopoly. No, no, and I, I think that's so deeply ingrained in our our uh, socio political and economic beliefs that it's going to be hard to argue against breaking up some of these big companies like uh, uh, Facebook and uh, and Google and YouTube. And, I would even but, throw Amazon in there just because it's so huge. Well, yeah, and they are getting... And they're very, crowding uh, out other people, I believe, from what I've heard, from what I've read. They're sticking their nose into it, though, and they're doing deals with some of these other big companies and trying to control what goes out and what doesn't and what's on social media and what isn't. But... Uh, the immense power that these companies have needs to be recognized, and we need to um, face it and say, look, we can't let them have this much power or they're going to take away some of our basic fundamental freedoms. And I think that's important. Uh, you know, the, this is also being uh, uh, backed up by some of the liberal governors and some of the liberal politicians. They like it. You know, they like stepping on religion. They're, they're anti-religion. They like stepping on freedom of speech. They don't want to hear about conservative ideals or views, which is, is too bad because there's uh, good points to be had there. You know, you can learn a lot by, by keeping an open mind. At least I, I think you can. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you can't. Hey, you learn more by listening than you do by talking, Doc. That's. Do you want me to shut up? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> then I'd have nobody to listen to. <laughs> you gotta have somebody to listen to. So, so now this guy in North in South Korea, he defected from North Korea. His name is uh, Bak Sang Hak. Bak Sang Hak. Bak is the last name. P A R K. We we pronounce it Park, but the Koreans call it Bak. And it looks like my wife's name is is E Yi. So her her. Full name in Korea would be Yi Myung-ju. I can't even pronounce it anymore. Yi Myung-ju. I just call her Your Highness. It's easier. <laughs> Tough language. So, so it, it, well, they have 
I don't know, two or three times the number of vowels that we have. They have a very, it's, it's an alphanumeric language. So, it, I mean, they have syllables and, and put words together just like we do, but the pronunciations are tough. But they actually spelled my name phonetically on my father-in-law's graves. My name is on his gravestone, which is pretty cool. And you can, if you can read a little Korean, you can read, it says Handelman. You, I mean, you pronounce it Handelman. So it's, it's pretty neat stuff. So Bach, uh, he's he's upset with North Korea, and needless to say, he escaped. And so he's been uh, floating balloons over the demilitarized zone, which is a couple of miles across. And you go up to the north, northern part of South Korea or the southern part of North Korea, and you can see the DMZ, which we've talked about before. Now it's more like a national park. It's got all kinds of wild animals, and I think there's wild North Koreans roaming around in there, too. <laughs> Trying to get out, <laughs> and so still have a few he, minefields there. I think though, they do. Yeah. But uh, you know, everybody's crawled through there so much that they know where all the mines are. And I think they've even given the map to the to the all the lions and tigers and bears that are walking around <laughs> in there, so they know where not to step. <laughs> and uh, but you know who's patrols at is the United Nations. That's supposed to be their bailiwick. So, at any rate, so. So Bach, he's he's uh, he's got a bunch of balloons. He's trying to float over the DMZ with anti-North Korea propaganda. You know, kind of pull on one of the nose hairs of Kim Jong Un and see see what happens. <laughs> and of course, the South is upset because they're trying to you know play kissy face with with Kim Jong Un and and you know warm things up. So uh, President Moon, who is in charge in South Korea right now, and apparently not very liked at the moment, his popularity is waning. He and his government enacted a law that said that private citizens can't uh, send propaganda into North Korea. So they're going to come and arrest uh, Bach. And he says, go ahead. I dare you. He's a pretty fiery guy. And uh, he, uh, of course, being Korean, he's a little hot-blooded. I can tell you I know them personally. Um, I see one every day. <laughs> I have to be very careful. But at any rate, so it's a good thing that he's doing, and he's saying, if South Korea is a democracy, why can't we have free speech? Why can't I express my views and send them anywhere I want in the world if I can get them there? Well, some of the little towns near the northern uh, part of South Korea, near the DMZ, they're complaining because they say, his balloons are blowing back over our town, now we got to pick up all this garbage. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's... You know, it's never easy or simple, is it? Everything's always complex. If you have a point of view and you want to express it, you're going to get somebody upset no matter what, even if it's that you like ice cream. That's <laughs> right. Whether you're on the Internet or, or uh, selling balloons, you're going to have somebody upset at you, it looks like, mm -hmm. these days. Okay. That's, you know, sometimes I really miss 1973, Doc. You know what I mean? Yep. yep. A much it, simpler time. It was a simpler time. And, uh, but I don't, I don't miss the, uh, the rulers on the knuckles and I don't miss the wow. paddles. <laughs> yeah. I don't miss being forced to go to mass every Sunday and every holiday. And, <laughs> oh my God, if I had to go to mass again, I mean, after a while, what did you do when you sat there in mass, especially remember when it was in Latin? Oh, and you, you, I mean, I knew what was going on somewhat because I was an altar boy and I knew some of the, some of the catechism in Latin, but, um, Oh my gosh! And uh, trying to get a nap with the organ playing and all that—it was just impossible. But we had a good time in choir practice, and uh, we did some bad things. But 
<laughs> I, was an altar, I was an altar boy for about a week. I fell asleep during Mass one day, and that was it. <laughs> well, I, I was an altar boy until I got caught breaking into the wine and host. That'll do it, too, yeah. That'll do it. That'll get you booted out, <laughs> booted out of, the, of the order of, of uh, altar boys. Yeah. So, so, uh, so Bach, he's, he's, uh, he's saying, and the police apparently have got a warrant out for him now. And he's saying, come on, I dare you, arrest me. Well, knowing the South Koreans, they'll say, okay, no problem there. <laughs> Here, here's a bowl of rice, and that's it for today. Shut up. Sit down. Yeah. But, uh, and then the North Koreans, you know, Kim Jong-un, he's, uh, he's actually saying, we got big problems here in North Korea. And it's very unusual for him to admit anything like that. He's saying that the COVID back, uh, the COVID uh, pandemic has hit them hard. You know that he has not even told the North Korean people that there's a vaccine available. <laughs> wow. He, they don't even know that there's a vaccine. I mean, they probably are getting some uh, information filtering in. You would think hustling. China would be just pouring their vaccine into North Korea right now. They, they don't can't, have they can't make it, maybe. a vaccine. What are you talking about? China can't make it fast enough. They're asking South Korea to help them ramp up. And, and because although the Chinese have developed a vaccine, they don't have the manufacturing facilities like we have in European, the Europeans have. Yeah, we and, talked a bit about that last week. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a real problem. And guess what else Kim Jong-un did? He closed the border between uh, China and North Korea to try to keep the virus out. Well, apparently that didn't work because they've got a viral yeah. problem there. And uh, So is he asking for the West now to supply vaccine? Is that what he wants? Or? Well, I think he, what he wants is he wants more help from uh, Russia and China, and he wants economic help. He, he's saying this is as bad as the famine in the late 1990s when two or three and four million uh, North Koreans died and because they, they had crop failure and they wouldn't ask anybody for help and they wouldn't let anybody come in and show them how to do it. You know, they're... They're communists. They know what to do. Hmm. They know what's right. It's like my sisters. They know what to do. They know <laughs> if you just get rid of Trump and and shut up people like me, the world will be a better place. And uh, and but they haven't traveled. They have They don't know what's going on in the world. God bless them. At any rate, so look, you got this little itty bitty country that has spent uh, enormous amounts of its uh, uh, domestic product on making nuclear weapons. I don't know who they're going to fight. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? Launch an attack on Seattle or San Francisco? If you want, if you want to be toast in thirty minutes after that, you go ahead. I guess. I mean, so. you know, yeah, you might you might land one or two punches, and then guess what? <laughs> That's right. Your country is literally wiped <laughs> off the face is, of the earth. Yeah. It will be. Uh, it'll be radioactive for a long time. Yeah. You know, he's he likes uh, fine cheese and fine wines and things like that. So I don't think he's too anxious to start a war because I don't think uh, UPS delivers to the third cave on the left. <laughs> well, Amazon might now. Amazon <laughs> might, yeah. Amazon will get it anywhere and get it there yesterday. I hung up the phone or got off the computer from ordering something on Amazon, and I walked up to the front office, and the package was there. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, they'll send a the drone into the radioactive area, yeah. It's amazing. So, so he's he doesn't have a vaccine. The Chinese can't supply them with vaccine because they can't make enough of it for their own people. You know, I think we've given more doses than they have, and they're what four or five times our our population size. I think four times, and that's just incredible. And they have one of the largest uh, manufacturing capacities of any country on earth. 
but they certainly don't have the ability to mass produce vaccines like the United States or India or the Europeans and the British do. So uh, they're, they've got a problem there. And, and, you know, North Korea should, this should be a lesson to anybody who thinks that they can wall themselves off and just align themselves with other dictatorships, because guess what? When there's a crisis, uh, you know, <laughs> you, you might not have anybody you can go to for help. Now, some people think that he's just crying uh, uh, crying wolf because he wants more help because they're having not only a hard time with the virus, but they're not able to export because he's closed the borders and they're not able to import. And although they had a decent crop this year, there's still things that they need. I'm sure they don't produce enough protein knowing uh, the way that the Koreans were set up after Japan left after World War II. And I, I don't think that North Korea really ever came that far along in terms of the way South Korea did. And, and, and I'm, I'm not talking about socioeconomically. I'm just talking about food here, Ken, and about protein. And, you know, they're shorter uh, than, than, than the South Koreans. Did you know that? They're, I, they're, I had no idea. No. They are shorter because they don't have as much protein and, or fat in their diet. So basically, they're still living off primarily their, their carbs are coming from, from grains, probably rice and, and wheat. Um, and so their health system uh, is is certainly uh, going to be overwhelmed. If it isn't already, it's so primitive that if they have a, a large outbreak, you know, the pandemic hits them hard, they won't be able to take care of people. You know, it's like India. India has such massive ability. Yeah, what is going on there, Doc? Man. They, they, they just, uh, they have not... Uh, the government has not stepped into the healthcare uh, area the way they have in other large countries and said, uh, if you're going to have your own hospital, you have to have X number of excess beds, X number of excess uh, critical care beds, X number of excess respirators. And then their FDA, uh, like I told you last week, stepped in and said that the vaccine that they're making and ex exporting all over the world for the COVID vaccine, uh, they wouldn't let them use it because they said, well, you haven't done enough research yet. Well, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. Of course, I think they're backtracking now. And then they said they didn't need any help when we offered them help last year. We said, okay, we'll send our ventilators to Brazil. They'll take them. So, I mean, we, we can make, I mean, we could supply the world with ventilators now. With GM, I told you the guy across the street's a political liaison for, for GM. So he he's in on all of this. And and he said they were making the ventilators before it even became public uh, last uh, last spring. Remember in March when we started talking about ramping up the ma manufacturing of ventilators? They were going to close down one of the or one of the production lines uh, at, of GM that was for automobiles closed down, and they had already turned it into a ventilator manufacturing uh, production line. So we were cranking them out like crazy and sending them down to Brazil. Well, we can, we can only offer to help. You know, we can't force them to take it. So. No, you can't force people to take help. It's like the vaccine. I mean, I, 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 this is one area where I am, I am an ultimate liberal is public health. I think it should be mandatory for certain uh, groups of people. I, you know, and I think that businesses should have the right to say, if you're not vaccinated, you can't come back to work. If you're not vaccinated, you can't get on the plane. If you're not vaccinated, you can't get on the ship. I mean, I'll, I'll disagree with Governor DeSantis on this. You know what? We tell kids, we tell parents, your kids have to be vaccinated or they can't go to school. 
You know that, Ken. Yes, I know. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And that is absolutely positively the right thing to do. That's why we have public health. You know, we have these things that are tried and true. And you have these anti-vacciners who have no real reason or logic. You know, there's no science behind what they say. And then I, I, I don't understand it. And then the politicians play on their fears. Uh, you remember when uh, 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 Rand Paul, when he was running for, for uh, president in the last, what, 16, I think, 2016, and he said it should be an individual choice whether parents get their kids vaccinated. The hell it should. You take care of one adult who was not vaccinated and got polio and see the, the horror that their life has and, and the ability for them to spread it to somebody else who, if they're not vaccinated, could catch polio. I mean, this is just craziness. This is, it's polio is such a safe vaccine. And, uh, you know, we're getting better and better at this all the time. Some of these things should be mandatory. And, hey, I agree uh, with you, Doc. I'm behind you on that one. You know, Mississippi, they tightened up their laws because there were parents who were finding doctors that would say, well, for medical reasons, this kid can't be vaccinated or for religious reasons. And so Mississippi said, you better have a hell of a good medical reason and you better have a real honest to God uh, religious reason. And so they pretty much shut down all of the medical unless you're really, you know, if you have some autoimmune disease or you're on chemotherapy, then there are certain vaccinations that you're not going to get because they're live viruses and they'll kill you. But, uh, you know, in religious reasons, what's a religious reason? Since when is religion uh, about uh, vegetative functions, about food and sex and uh, and your health? I mean, I, religion is an abstract thing. It's metaphysical, Ken. It's about a belief system. It's about ethics and moral values. It's about uh, believing that there's something bigger than you out there in the universe. And that's a good thing. You know, it keeps us humble and it keeps us working together. But come on vegetative functions this is craziness this is craziness so we're getting close to the end here oh did i tell you the board uh we got our board elected everybody got got in at our homeowners association oh good and yeah. and well and now I'm, I, <laughs> I'm putting the reins on a couple of the uh couple of the guys because they're sending out these uh, emails and and videos uh, about the past president and Ding dong, the witches did. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> Let's just look forward here, you know. I'm not like, no, guys, you know, we're going to have to have a little uh, sensitivity and, and uh, diplomatic training here. So the one guy who did all the heavy lifting, he's president, but I ran the meeting yesterday. <laughs> I didn't trust him yet. We gotta, <laughs> we'll have to let this cool down a little bit. We're getting close to the end, aren't we? One minute, and how long does my new uh, commercial go? That's about 33 seconds, I think. Yeah. All right. Okay, so we got 30. Now you're got... down to 45. <laughs> oh, now I'm down to 45. At any rate, so, so we had the board meeting, and uh, actually it went pretty well. We really didn't do anything other than make announcements and say these are some of the things we're looking at. And, uh, you know, people are upset because the sign isn't right and the entrance area needs and we need new new mechanisms to open and all this so we're going to work on that we're going to fix it and i'll keep you up to date on that and by the way i am dr bill your radio md so ken i'm going to get out of here and you play what you got to play buddy thank you doc have a great week you too
Thank you for listening to Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at Can Care Clinic. 